0: Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast, is sponsored by fine people like Jill Chenault.
1: This is Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast. On with the show, The Idol Race. What's that song all about?
0: On With The Show is the eighth track on the first Idol Race album, The Birthday Party, released in September 1968. First song on Side 2. In the January 2013 issue of Goldmine, Jeff Lynn said,
1: On With The Show, I like a lot.
0: In the number 6 1989 issue of the Face the Music fanzine, Gill wrote,
1: Side 2 of The Birthday Party album opens with a clutch of very silly noises just to set the tone, you understand, and launches into a more direct reference to the music hall influences with On With The Show, an uptempo little number awash with mucho phasing and flanging guitars.
0: In August 2015, John Vanderkees wrote in Jeff Lynne Electric Light Orchestra before and after,
1: and to add to the album's conceptual flavor, The B-side opened with On With The Show, a song preceded by a 15-second montage of sound effects including snippets from the first two A-sides and brass fanfare, presumably borrowed from the closing credits of a vintage children's cartoon film.
0: In August 2019, David Wells wrote in the CD notes of Birthday Party,
1: Votvillian Oompa Oompa Stick It Up Your Joompa Creations, that made sense of Lynn's subsequent claim that the idol race was a cross between George Formby and something or other.
0: The song was used in the 1968 movie, Pop Down. It was covered in 2008 by Pugwash.
1: And on that joyous note,
2: let us get on
1: with the show.
2: Hi, I'm Eric Winsensen.
1: And I'm Eric Paul Johnson.
2: And on with the show.
1: Okay, I don't need a bigger hand to start taking off my clothes.
2: Uh, no, not that kind of show. But anyway, this is the Idle Race beginning the second side Mm -hmm. of the Birthday Party album. And you know what I think?
1: I think I do. And we're probably on the same page about this song.
2: Yeah. Why don't I hear about the Idle Race when it comes to classic psychedelic bands? I mean, I don't know what their second album is like. I know the third album didn't have Jeff Lynne, but this, I keep waiting to hit some skids or some boring songs or something like that that say, why was this album not paid attention to, and I'm not getting it. I just keep getting good song after good song, and they don't all sound the same, They all have these little tricks and these little fun parts. Here you got that underwater sounding phase guitar. Production's good on it for a band that was barely known. But, ah, they got screwed. (laughs) (laughs) This band got screwed. We've already gone over that with what Liberty did to them constantly, which was, okay, we got a hit single, but uh, we're not releasing it. Yeah.
3: Around the lemon tree.
2: We got another hit single and we're not releasing it. Yeah. Follow me, follow. Here's a big, big hit and we're going to hand it off to some screwball. <laughs> <laughs> Named Stewball or whatever. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I have a I have
2: a over and over and over, it's like the record company was doing everything they could to sabotage them. Roy Wood was sitting there going, this Jeff Lynne is a genius. (laughs) Everybody's going, this Jeff Lynne person is a genius. But not genius enough to actually release the songs on the radio. (laughs) I mean, even the songs that weren't considered as singles, like this one, are stuff that should have been released (laughs) as singles. I mean, you start off with Spike Jones on this, or Looney Tunes theme combined with Spike Jones, which is making more sense, the little sound effects and stuff that they had beginning and end of the record. And then they begin a second side with On With The Show. We've already got Jeff Lynne probably thinking ahead on how to put together a record, Mm -hmm. because I think he had some input in how this went together in track order and everything. It's music hall, but it's not that annoying music hall from Magical Mystery Tour (laughs) and some other times that people tried it where they did it as a joke. He's not doing it as a joke. He's combining current rock sound with that old-fashioned sound, and it's beautiful. Voice is great on it, and yeah, so far, this album is surprising me quite a bit. And I just don't understand why it has been ignored for so long.
1: Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with humanity? <laughs>
2: I ask that all the
1: time. I, yeah, well, <laughs> in this case, I have to apply it to the idol race. For the purposes of this episode, I'm going to apply it strictly to this song. This is a great friggin' song. I love this song. I adore this song. There is nothing bad to say about this song. Here's another fun little hit. One of the parts I love about it is that pre chorus where it's just the strum of the guitar and the drums doing their little drum thing there and then going out of phase. It reminds me a lot of that break in Ichiku Park. which was a huge hit. I just, I just, it just, my mind locks up. For the numb nuts at Liberty, thank you for signing the auto race. That's great. But it would have been nice if you did a little bit more and actually picked songs that would have been good for singles. I don't know if you guys did any promotion. Well, you all wound up to do promotion for here we go around the lemon tree. But then the moves record company said, no, 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 we're doing it. And you guys had all this promotional material printed up, lemon scented postcards and all that. And then Rotophone or whoever the move was with at the time took all that away from you. And it seemed like that was going to be a big big promotional push for the idol race. From what I've read, I was not alive yet for when the idol race came out. And even still, I was born in America. So this definitely wasn't going to be aware of the idol race. But it seemed like you put all your big promotional push on that. And when that bombed out, because of the Moves record label, you're just kind of like, well, I don't know. What can you do? <sighs> this is a great... There's, there was so much garbage in the late 60s. With was that Bobby Goldsboro song, Honey. And honey, I miss you. And I'm being good. MacArthur Park there's, there's so much sh- oh that is a horrible song I don't care who does it
2: <sighs> oh no Martin Denny did a great job for uh, oh he did MacArthur okay. Park yeah because it's instrumental
1: <laughs> well maybe that maybe that <laughs> you don't
2: have to listen to those horrible lyrics I mean <laughs> I still can't believe Jimmy Webb wrote that thing I mean, <sighs> all the great songs Jimmy Webb has written and he also wrote that
1: yeah yeah.
2: Oh, I did a William Shatner imitation on it one time. But anyway, we digress. I I
1: give you that. If (laughs) Shatner did MacArthur Park, then it would be great. The Battle Hymn of the Republic by Andy Williams with the St. Charles Borromeo Choir was a top 40 hit in December 1968. But this, this piece of psychedelic pop perfection, other than deep Jeff Lyn fans, nobody has any idea it existed until they heard this episode of the podcast. But there's so much garbage out there that was huge hits. And then this this, this brilliant piece of fantastic music that is catchy in every single way. I just love it. It's an extremely obscure thing. Even Jeff Lyn fans probably don't know it exists. The really, really hardcore Jeff Lyn fans, like Corey or Mike Hudson, who dig into the Idol Race, would stumble across this obscure, hidden album track and see how friggin' fantastic it is. There's nothing bad about the song. Great friggin' song. Incredibly frustrating that the Idol Race stuff is like an insignificant dust mote of a footnote to Jeff Lyn's career. It's just the deeper we get into this Idol Race album, and it's not the first time I've heard it. I've had it since 1986. I've heard it a lot. But now that we're doing the podcast and I'm actually digging deeper into the songs, <laughs> it's frustrating me that the idol race is... Who? I... What? Jeff Lynne Lind- yeah. was in a band before ELO? I mean, we're halfway through the album. Maybe we're running into some stinkers. We won't. That's side two.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to. I don't see any of this being bad and I can see why Roy Wood was going, please join our band, please join <laughs> yeah. our band, please join our band. <laughs> yeah, absolutely And Jeff's going, No, I've got this over here. <laughs> yeah. Now I have no doubt the idol race would not have survived the early seventies. You- yeah. Even with Jeff Lynn, I don't think they would have survived the early seventies because even if Jeff Lynn hadn't have worked with the move and gone on to ELO, Jeff Lynn would have gone on to something. Yeah, And yeah. it would not have been the Idol Race, because the Idol Race was of percent 60s, but it's a great example of it. Mm-hmm. This is obvious Jeff Lynne was going to be going somewhere with his music once he got the right people behind him and everything to do what he wanted to do. Yeah, Even if it wasn't yellow. Uh,
1: so. Yeah, I've heard the Idol Race without Jeff Lynne, and yeah, there's a difference.
2: Yeah, And that also came out after the end of the 60s, too. And yeah, there's also The Doors without Jim Morrison.
1: <laughs> yeah. Earlier when we did End of the Road, the Idleway song that winds up being the last track on this album, but it was released as a single before the album came out. I said that that weird beginning there started the album, that I thought it was cool that the album ended with that at the end of that song. Mike Hudson said, no, nah, I think it starts side two. And Mike Hudson was right. It does start side mm-hmm. two. It doesn't start the album. But I think it's also nice. Again, it, it links up the whole side with that fun little part at the beginning and then the fun little part at the end.
2: Side one has its own feel, and then mm-hmm. side two starts with the Looney Tunes slash Spike Jones intro and I'm sure has its own feel as well. I mean, that's one thing I'm seeing is how well the album is put together. Yeah. Even though it has singles that were released before the album was made, it doesn't feel as hodgepodge as the Moves album did. God. As their first album did. Yeah. Where it seemed... We got some singles. We got some new album track. We got a bunch of covers. And yeah, we'll just throw this all together. And hopefully people who bought the singles will buy the album. Yeah. This is... We found a way to integrate the singles into the album. And here's an album showing mm-hmm. what we can do. Yeah, And nobody... It.
1: no there was somebody at the one of the bbc radio stations who liked the idol race gave the mayor play but apparently it didn't do much good since they never had a hit even in england mm-hmm. where this would have sold better than in america yeah again what the fuck
0: is wrong with humanity got something to say about on with the show then call the telephone line voicemail
2: six two three eight Oh, three, three, seven, five. Call now.
3: The show must go on. Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at ELOFTMPodcast at gmail.com and we'll read and reply to it on the show. Keep up to date by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. Subscribe to our youtube page the electric light orchestra podcast channel to hear other goodies you can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash Pod or paypal using the podcast's email address or send a check or money order to p.o box 1932 superior arizona 85173 next week lucky man